Welcome to the seventh episode of the Weekly Pleb. I'm your host, Douglas Rieger. With all the volatility in the stock market lately, I wanted to get a smart voice from the investing world to come on and talk about how to get started if you're interested. Jordan Martin is an Instagram stock tutor, and he's a really smart and awesome guy. I spoke with him today, and he's given out some great tips for getting started, as well as just some background perspective on the current state of finance. One thing that's abundantly clear is the fact that the level of financial literacy in the U.S. is consistently declining. So I hope you guys stick around and listen to this stuff. Be sure to support Jordan on Instagram at jordanmartin3. He will also be tagged in the description below. Before I get into the interview, I wanted to remind everyone quickly about the last episode with Mabel from Myanmar. If you haven't seen it yet, I highly suggest you do. The stuff happening there now is horrific and only been getting worse. My guest expert this week is Mr. Jordan Martin. He's very good with the markets. He's a master of the markets. And he's t- here to tell us about what it's like in the investing world and how to get started. How are you, Jordan? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. How are you, Doug? I'm pretty good. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank so you. to get started, I want, I want to hear about a little bit about how you got started in investing. Like what, what kind of clicked you to realizing that, oh, I could play this game. I could, I could do pretty well doing this. You know? Sure. So um, when I started back in 2012, I was actually just 14. I'm 22 now. Um, I was 14. My mom works in the financial industry in the, the banking world. And so she kind of had a, you know, like an ear or her eyes on or however you want to say it. She had her, her foot in that door of finance. And what happened was she placed in my hand the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. And reading that book at 14, I mean, it was a lot of stuff I didn't understand. But the concept I took away was, you know, the, the wealthy have money work for them, whereas the middle class and the poor continuously get stuck in a cycle of working just for their money. And so reading that, I said, okay, well, that's great. What do I do, right? So first thing I found out about was the stock market. You know, I heard about real estate, couldn't do that. I was 14. Um, what I started doing was learning about stocks. And we had a custodial account set up where I could kind of say, hey, I like, you know, I wear Nike clothes. Can I get Nike? And she'll like, she'll buy the Nike stock. Um, but I kind of got obsessed with it. And so from 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, like all those years, I was um, really just captured by the idea of, you know, this, this vehicle, this method is what I can use to not have to work for somebody else my entire life and retire when I'm 60 and I can't do anything anymore because I'm all old and frail. Um, so that's really where I got my start, man. My mom just kind of gave me that, that information. I took it and I just ran with it. That's pretty awesome. So what would be your first kind of, your biggest tips that you give to like people that are interested in getting into the markets, but feel intimidated and have no idea where to start or don't even have the money to get started or feel like they don't have enough? Okay. So going over all of those, um, the thing is, man, you have to realize it's it's a skill set, just like anything else, you know. And when when you start driving, it's scary, you know. When you start driving, you got all these, you got all the little windshield wipers, and you know it's a bunch of different things in the car, and you're in a big old chunk of metal that could realistically could harm people, right? Um, but as you continue to go through driver's ed and you get practice with whoever, you know, your aunts, your uncles, your parents, whatever, right? As you continue to practice, continue to learn, now we're at the point where we're eating and driving, texting and driving, texting and eating and driving with our knee or something, right? Like, 
you have the skill set where now you don't even think about it. And so it's the same thing with the stock market is when you take a step back and you say, oh, it's a bunch of math and oh, I need thousands and thousands of dollars. When you take a step back and say, okay, you know, I could really start with a hundred. I could start with 10 realistically. And as I start practicing, I start learning it like any other skill. You have to take the time to learn and practice. That's when you start developing to where now it's natural for me. Right now I can put my money in and I know how to let it grow. Um, as far as the money aspect, if you feel like you don't have the money for it, very rarely is that the case. Most of the time it's just the poor sense of budgeting on your part where you say, okay, you know, every Saturday I'm going out to eat, but that's $30, you know, and you cut that out at the end of the month, 30 times four weeks, that's 120 bucks, you know, 12 months out of the year, 120 times 12, that's 2,400 maybe. Yeah. Sounds about right. So some along the lines of you have the money, you're just putting it in the wrong areas. And um, one thing I was talking about recently was when you shift your mindset and say, how can I have this money go bring me more money? You start looking at things a lot differently. And it's a lot less of, let me buy, you know, things that won't bring me at, um, income. And okay, I could go buy some new shoes or I could buy this stock that's going to grow over the future and bring me back more money. So it's just a shift in your mindset. Yeah, totally agree. Couldn't agree more, honestly. But uh, what do you think about the volatility lately with the GME short squeezes. And I know personally, a lot of inexperienced traders are like trying to hop in and they don't know anything because they're trying to ride the wave and the hype. Um, and I kind of warn them like, yeah, do, do what you want to do, but don't invest anything that you're not willing to lose, you know, and be careful and know that that's volatile. But what, what do you think about that whole situation going on? Well, Right there, Doug, you said the key thing is when you're investing, you don't invest money you can't afford to lose. That's that's rule number one, because you don't have any control over the market. I mean, I wish I did, right? <laughs> but you don't. The fact of the matter is we don't. And so um, that's the key, number one. Number two is it's still that same thing. And this is how I, uh, I talk to people about that same situation. And it's kind of like hitting a half-court shot. You know, like sometimes you'll hit that half court shot, right? You might get in GameStop, you might have got in AMC or whatever at just the right time by luck and you made some money. But the likelihood of you continuously hitting half court shots or continuously just so happening to get in is, is not likely. And so when you take that approach and you think that's how it is, now you're setting yourself up for failure in the future. Um, the other thing is thinking about it's kind of like the lottery when you take that approach and you're just trying to chase stocks um, because of the fear of missing out, right, FOMO. And you're seeing, okay, they're making money in this thing and it's going crazy, oh, it's up 100%, 200. I have to get in, I have to get in. Um, and it's kind of like that lottery approach where you're like, wow, I can make a million. Okay, let me go do it, let me go do it. And you see and hear about, we hear all about the people who make it big and win all the money but we don't hear about the thousands of people that played that same day and lost and went back the next day and lost and went back the next day and lost. And it's the same thing with this, especially as a new trader, when you come in and say you did get lucky and catch it. Now your expectations are misconstrued because you're thinking that's how it is when that's not the reality of it. So when things are normal, you're confused because you don't know how to behave in a normal market. So 
Um, one of my main things is always educate and then execute and then rinse and repeat that. Uh, so when you take the time to educate yourself on how the market works, how to actually maneuver it, develop discipline as a trader, control your emotions, because trading stuff like that, all extra volatility, that's not logical trading majority of the time. You're just trying to, you're hoping and yeah. wishing at that point. And that's not a path to success. Um, so definitely you have to educate, then act on it, then repeat. Yeah. What, what do you think about the way like Wall Street and kind of, I call them the boomer finance crew, how they're responding to it. They're kind of calling for regulation, which they never do. And like saying that this is market manipulation and everything. But in reality, the hedge funds overshorted a stock and the re retail investors saw it. They caught them. You know, it was a good trade. But I th I, that's why. What do you think about how Wall Street's reacting? It's kind of hypocritical. Oh, um, man. It's, I think, honestly, it's kind of hypocritical um, because they've been, and when I say they, I mean uh, big money, smart money, whatever you want to call it, they control the markets, you know? And just like we saw with the whole Robin Hood situation, like if you actually dig into it and find out that Robin Hood was actually working with one of those funds. Um, and so Robin Hood, Robin Hood actually did manipulate the market. When you know that the majority of new investors are on Robinhood and the majority of these new investors don't have the trading discipline. And so they're like, oh, I got to buy it. I got to buy it. Right. Because the market moves off of buying and selling stocks move off of buying and selling. And if a a brokerage that has millions of accounts and millions of money in it stops the purchase of multiple stocks that greatly decreases the chance for that stock to move up because you can't do anything but sell it. So there's heavy selling pressure, which causes everybody, the retail people to get screwed now. And now the hedge funds are like getting out of their shorts, you know? So it's, it's crazy. Um, it was manipulation on both aspects, but it's kind of like a, a payback in a sense, you know, like you screwed us over long enough. We got you this time. I heard a lot of funds went out of business um, but again, I do want to stress and reiterate that that's not normal, and that's not the that's not investing. That's that's gambling. In any regard, getting involved with that isn't. There's not strategies for that. There's not. That's that's just gambling and hoping that you come out on on top, and you could get screwed, like we saw a lot of people did get screwed, or you can make it big, which we saw a lot of people do that as well. Yeah. So. What do you think about the problem that we're not educating the youth enough about capitalism, financial literacy, and just how to win the game, how to how to live and thrive in this kind of society? Man, I could go on and on about that. Um, but you have to look at the structure of, of everything and understand that money and power and oppression honestly, whether it's systematical or whether it's physical, you know, not only is that what the country was really built on, I mean, if we're going to get into it when, when people came over to the country and took over, essentially, right? Um, like if we're really getting into it, you know, that's what the country is built on, going in and saying, boom, this is ours now. We're doing this, we're doing that. Hey, hey, you out, you all working for me now, you're gonna do this and that, right? And so it's just stacked up and stacked up and stacked up. Um, to even the point where, you know, that's my problem with um, 
wage paying jobs is that it's it's really not fair to the person earning the, the wage because if if I'm working and I'm paying you're paying me six figures, right? How much am I making you? You know, what I'm doing is obviously worth a lot more than what you're paying me. Um, but that's the system. And the reason that they don't teach it, of course, is because if we knew it, then we do something about it. Just like the GameStop short and the retail traders coming together and saying, yeah, we're going to screw y'all over because y'all screwed us so many times. The only way that you can stay in power is to keep people ignorant. And that's what they try to do. So, no, we learn about the mitochondria. We learn about octagons and hexagons. We learn about isotopes and carbon and mononucleic acids, but we come out of college not knowing about taxes. I, I'm a finance, I came out of college with a finance degree and I still didn't know nothing about taxes, about credit, about all these things, but that's the way they make money. If I, if I don't have good credit, I can't get a good rate and that means I have to pay more money on my things, you know? So it's, it's money, man. Yeah, money makes the world go round. <laughs> so yeah. what do you think for, for new investors that are trying to get in on all this hype of making money in the market? I don't think it's necessarily bad because any interest in investing, I'm, I'm happy to see it, right? Because yeah, more, right. more, more economic actors is good for me. I'm an investor. So, uh, but also it's just good for the whole economy. Everybody does better. Yes. But Definitely. what what main tips do you have to kind of help people know how to diversify their portfolios and kind of keep a safe and stable growth in their account rather than this gambling kind of nonsense? Okay, so um, along those lines, and I definitely agree with you. More people come in, it definitely stimulates the economy. Um, but of course, we want it to be done right and safely. Um, because, you know, it's, it's not doing any good for, yeah, you know, they come in and they're making me more money, but now they just blew their account because they don't know what they're doing. Um, so in terms of diversifying, uh, one main thing I like to always make sure I educate people on is having the, a diversified portfolio doesn't just mean having different stocks. Because if you have Apple, and Microsoft and you know other stocks that are all doing the same thing, that industry takes a hit, you take a hit. True diversification means that you're you know spreading yourself out across multiple industries or multiple stocks. Um, and another thing I like to do is make sure I'm looking at the top leaders in that industry. So if I'm going with retail, I'm looking for who are the big time players in retail. You know, if I'm going tech, who's the big time player in tech? You know, so I'm spread out, but I'm also spread out into, you know, good, strong companies. Um, and then the second thing with that is diversifying with your actual cash balance, because you can have, you know, a thousand dollars in Microsoft, a thousand in, you know, Apple, a thousand here, a thousand here, a thousand here. But if you have, you know, say you have $10,000 in tech and 2000 and whatever else, again, you're not really too diversified because tech takes a hit, you're done. Um, so that's the main thing. I will say as far as beginners, um, I do have a beginner's course that's free. 
So I do have that. And then on my Instagram page, I have tons of videos. Um, and all the videos that I create, all the things in my courses are based on questions like this for people who, you know, are new and they say, Jordan, what is X, Y, Z? I'm like, okay, well, somebody else has that question too. Let me make a video about it. Um, so it's, it's a lot, but mainly those two things I'd say is definitely spread out across different industries, spread your cash out across different areas as well. Yeah. And Jordan's Instagram is at Jordan Martin three. He's going to be tagged down below too. So what are the biggest things you look for when you're looking for uh, a winning company or a winning position in an industry? Okay. So if I'm going long-term, um, typically it's, it's growers and the leaders. So like how I just mentioned, I'm looking at the leading companies. Another thing I might do is look at, you know, who's an up and coming company. So if we're looking at social media, for example, you know, I say Facebook is probably, you know, still the leading stock in social media aspect. But then we also see Snapchat has moved up huge um, lately. I got in it, I want to say it was last year, it was at 20 something dollars and now it's pushing 70, right? So it's tripled in over a year. Um, so I say, I definitely like to go that way. And then of course, if you want to look at the financials of things, um, you can't always look at financial statements. I like to see that they have you know, lower debt, um, more assets than debt, of course. But the main thing I like to see is increasing sales and increasing revenue, even if they're not turning a profit yet. But you see that they're increasing sales and revenue. There must be something on the back end where maybe they're taking that revenue and they're putting it right back into the business. You know, expansions, acquisitions, new projects. Um, but that's the main thing is, you know, what's paving the way and what's hot upcoming chasing that big leader and then, you know, looking for companies that are having more and more sales. Awesome. Yeah. So um, what's your favorite stock right now or lately? <laughs> um, my favorite stock just is Tesla, man. It's Tesla. And I don't even I don't even trade Tesla often, um, but. You know, Tesla, it's Elon Musk, dude. You, Elon is just crazy. Like you, you can't, you can't battle Elon, man. He's just gonna win. So, um, I definitely think Tesla is still a great position to have um, long term. Um, as far as a favorite stock that I trade, uh, I wouldn't really say there is a favorite that I trade often. I just I look for certain patterns. I look for certain movements. Um, and if it's setting up in a way I look at that has potential, I'll make a play on it. But definitely Tesla, man. I always joke about Tesla. I say, hey, man, hey, you, did you just drop a penny? Hey, you can put that penny in Tesla. Fractional share, bro. You know, so Tesla, man. Yeah, Elon's doing everything he can to try and save the world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and how can you go against the guy? Like, you know, just yeah. looking at all he's done. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. So... Do you use Robinhood or what do you, what uh, trading apps do you use or do you recommend for new investors? So it depends on like many things, um, like, like so many things, it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, you know, if you're focusing solely on long-term and you're not trying to be too involved or you don't have too much knowledge, then maybe just a Vanguard account or a Fidelity account would work well for you. If you're, you know, trying to get in the market, but you don't want to do any research at all on anything, then Acorns 
is a good way to go because you don't even choose stocks. They have maybe three or four different portfolios that you can invest in based on your risk. And that's, that's I think that's it, right? Um, I do think Robinhood can still hold up as a long-term platform. But as far as me personally, I use Tastyworks, which is options focused. Um, so for a beginner investor, I wouldn't say go Tastyworks, but maybe if you don't want Robinhood, maybe E-Trade. I heard a lot of people like Webull. Some people hate Webull. Um, it's a little complicated, but I say E-Trade, or if you're not trading options, then you can still go Robinhood if you're just doing shares. So that since you brought up options, for any investors that maybe hopefully have been investing for a little while and kind of have the hang of it, what would you, what advice would you give them if they're thinking about getting into trading options? Cause it's definitely more risky and much more volatile. Yes. Options is definitely more risky. Just like you said, more volatile. Um, so when you're getting into options, like everything else, you want to educate, you always want to educate yourself. Um, because you can jump in and learn from mistakes, but remember those stakes have a cost. You know, those mistakes have a price tag. Uh, whereas you can preload right your your learning curve and learn and learn and learn beforehand. So I say definitely um, start learning. And you see you see a lot of people making money with options. You see a lot of people making money with day trading. Um, the main thing is to manage your expectations. And understand that just like the lottery scenario, you always see a lot of wins, but a lot of the times people don't show you the losses that come along the way. Um, and options, you can have some pretty hefty losses, just like you have some pretty big wins. And the main thing is to keep in mind that options are a time-based product, whereas shares are pricing-based. And what I mean by that is options have an expiration date, which is the major difference. Which, which makes them a ticking time bomb because you and I could take the same exact options trade, but if you take it on Monday and I take it on Wednesday and the stock moves up to you know whatever price, I've made more money than you because I got in later because you're started losing value. Every day your option is losing time value. Uh, so you always want to, if you're going to be swing trading or day trading maybe, or swing trading specifically, buy yourself extra time. Get an extra week out you know, on your expiration so that you're not so exposed to that time decay because every day that option loses a little more value. So for anyone listening or watching that doesn't really understand what option trading is or puts or, or calls are, do you want to uh, kind of explain the basics of it? Yeah, sure. So um, options, and I can, I can try to do it. Options are kind of complicated. Um, so the easiest way to kind of explain it would be just understanding that you're, you're able to use less money to get exposure to more shares. Um, and then you're able to get, you know, larger results. And it, again, it's something that takes a little bit more to explain, um, but it's just, it's just kind of like you placing a leveraged bet on a move, um, essentially is what it is. It just allows you to leverage your dollar get a higher ROI um, or, you know, a bigger loss. But it's, you know, for lack of better terms, just say stocks on steroids. I hate saying stuff like that, but that's essentially like the easiest way of thinking about it is just to say stocks on steroids is really what it is. Everything's crazier. Things move faster. You can make more money. You can lose more money. 
options are really quick. Um, but if you learn them and you get a strategy down and you get the discipline down, you can become very profitable with them. Um, personally, last month, January, I started with a $500 account and got it up to 6,000 by the end of the month, trading options very aggressively, um, but trading options. So it's doable. But by the same token, I have personally um, took an account from 92 to 1,000 and then lost the whole 1,000 over the course of like a week. Uh, so it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's solid too. Yeah, awesome. Do you have any other last words you want to give to the people? Uh, last words, man, I'd say just get started. Get started, whether it's long-term investing, whether it's swing trading, day trading, options trading, whatever it is, just go ahead and get started because it doesn't hurt, even if it's long-term to, you know, kind of put some money away in something that you know will, will have a good chance of growing. Because putting money in your pillowcase, under your bed, you know, in the jar, in the closet, in the savings account even, you're still losing your money based on inflation. And, you know, if we look back and see how things used to cost and now the dollar is losing value at like year over year, you need something with your money to be in it, in the vehicle that is going faster or appreciating faster then inflation is taken away from your money. So definitely just start now, start educating yourself uh, so that you can make smart moves with your money and then you can grow your money. Thank you for coming on, Jordan. It was awesome talking to you. Great to meet you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure having you.